never let them stop your grind And when it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine Why? Cause you work hard to get there When you get stuck, look up, don't just sit there There's haters regardless, just do what you do You ain't through till it's finished, man, that's what winners do Hey guys, and welcome back to Maddie Stanzo's podcast. We have a special guest today, and he's driven all the way from Sydney. So anyone that doesn't know where Sydney is compared to where I am, it's about a two-hour drive. So the commitment is epic. Um, but we'll get straight into it. Welcome, Clint. Thank, thank you, for you very being much. On. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Exciting, exciting. How was the drive? Yeah, it was good. I um, actually I haven't done the drive down for a while, so um, yeah, a couple of little changes in the road and whatever else, but also oh, yeah, a good I opportunity. To tell you that. Yes, yeah. yep. Good opportunity. <laughs> have a couple of little phone calls on the way down and uh yeah just uh, catch up with a few things yeah, so, yeah good yeah it's good like that when i go up to training and stuff it's like podcasts phone calls you know no one yep. can annoy you yep. it's, it's it's good time yeah all right well before we get into some questions because obviously yep. for any of the listeners we asked like obviously my instagram um sure. followers if they had any questions for you so we have a couple of those but before we jump into that do you want to give us just a quick rundown of obviously like who you are what are you about and Go from there. Yep. My, f- my favourite thing to do is, yeah. uh, is clearly talk about myself. Um, so I guess, look, uh, 25 years in the industry, um, strength and conditioning coach, uh, level three. I've got uh, my, a double master's degree, exercise, sports science, uh, and also uh, strength and conditioning. Um, so my exercise, sports science is mastering in human biomechanics, so the, the mechanical movement of the physique. Um, I guess... You know, I came into came into this field uh, after you know my own sporting career, uh, having too many injuries, and actually finding that I enjoyed the gym more than uh, having the ability to do what I wanted to do to be That's a professional we athlete. Yeah. Well, no, you don't have that. You you're gonna uh, you're gonna still go on to be that. Keep so, um, but yeah, so for me. You know, I've I've done the professional sport route. I've been a, a strength conditioning coach with uh, professional teams all over the world. Um, but the big part for me is definitely now, you know, in the realm of of SNC, but also in the realm of of mentorship. Um, and uh, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit later. But also my uh, you know uh, RTO, which is a registered training organisation that does the certificate three and four in personal training. Yeah, cool. All right, there's lots to get through. (laughs) Everyone, strap yourselves in. All right, and if you don't have pen and paper now, I suggest maybe going to get some, pause it, because there's obviously going to be a lot of little magic tips and tricks in here. But anyways, let's jump into the first question. So the first question, obviously, was from Instagram. Um, I gave you a bit of a background on this person. They are are fitness in the fitness industry, so they... They, they are interested in your thoughts, I guess, personally, more than obviously a textbook yeah. thought on this, but your thoughts on a deadlift. So why do some people in the fitness industry flat out love them and yep. why do others hate them? Yeah, cool. Look, I think the funny thing about deadlifts is that there is so much room for error. Yeah. So, you know, so many people, you know, even, even last night, to be fair, and I'll tell you a little bit of anecdotal stuff as we go through this, but... Last night, one of my players was uh, was sorry. I'm SNC at the moment for the West Harbour Pirates in the Shoot Shield Rugby yep. in in Sydney. Um, one of my players, one of my first graders, was doing a deadlift, and uh, somebody said something while he was deadlifting, and he turned his head. 
way. Now, it's just a stupid, tiny little thing, right? Um, and it was just, they didn't say anything stupid about him or anything like that. They just said something. So he just turned his head. So because he did that, he just tweaked his back a little bit. Now, it's nothing, nothing major. It's just a very, very minor strain. But deadlifts cop a bad rap from that because of they are so technical and the potential risk for injury is probably pretty high. Pretty high, yeah. Um, I think that one of the biggest problems, um, and, I, and I'll use Instagram as an example, is that people don't slow down and think about why they're doing that particular type of deadlift. They see uh, one of their favourite athletes or someone else in the, their favourite sport or their sport that they're playing at, the, at that particular time doing a certain thing and go after that. Rather than go, hang on a sec, this is right for my physique, this is right for my body shape, this is right for my anatomical shape, all of that, okay? You need to understand that there are different deadlifts for different purposes and different people, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, And that probably kind of leads a little bit into the second piece of the question. Yeah, yeah. So why do you think athletes in sport like NFL and football avoid the conventional deadlift um, and opt for obviously a back squat or a trap bar deadlift? I remember when I was at... And this comes from one of the boys I was at football college yep. with, and yep. we only ever did trap bar deadlifts. Yeah. We never yep. did anything yep. else by that. So, uh, look, I guess, you know, the first things first, um, uh, you know, uh, back in the day, I think everyone just had the option to do conventional deadlifts. We didn't really block pull. We didn't really, you know, raise deadlifts. We didn't do any of those kind of things. Um it wasn't until the likes of, you know, Louis Simmons from Westside Barbell, Dave Tate from Elite Training Systems, uh, these guys really started, you know, I guess, utilising each other piece, right? So one of the really clear pieces of the puzzle was that people got the opportunity to see why someone else and why someone of a different body shape would do something different. So when I looked into not just the biomechanics, but also just understanding lever length, you know, you have to you have to look at the whys. Now, with NFL or basketball is probably even a better example. The first time I went to the Lakers facility, they just had that nobody deadlifts from the floor because they're yeah, just okay. all too freaking tall, oh, right? Yeah. Okay, um, you know, all of their benches are a foot longer than a normal bench because their bodies are longer, so therefore you can't lay down on a normal bench like. It just helps you go, oh, hang on a sec. Think it, well, like just sense. think it through logically, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, look, there is nothing wrong with deadlifts. I absolutely love deadlifts. If done properly and at the right stage of your programming, it's a, they're, they're amazing. But they are high risk and you must know that and you must acknowledge that and put it in your program where you need it. Yeah. Cool. I love a deadlift. That's like oh, one of my favourites. Still one of my favourite lifts. Yeah. I've, got, uh, I've got one of my 19 uh, year olds at the moment. Um, so he's, uh, I actually put him on my Instagram the other day. Uh, he's at 155 kilos, one of my props, 19 years old, uh, half indigenous, half Tonga. Uh, you know, he, he got his PB for four last night in the gym, uh, 210 kilo for four. Jesus. So, yeah. So look, you know. Like five, five of me, four of me. That's four of me. <laughs> I did a quick maths in my head there. Well, it's funny that you say that because we were talking about it because he was lifting with our halfback who's 70 kilos. Jesus. 
So he's one hundred and he's one hundred and fifty five. Crazy the body yeah. difference. In that's rugby, what I, and that's, that's what, what I love me, about like, it in rugby because I have some obviously little rugby kids yeah. that I train and like some of them they stand next to each other they're the same age yep. and they're like completely different body shapes yeah. and I'm like how are you meant to compete against each other? Yeah, like, I agree, but it's, it's also it's also the beauty crazy. of the game. Yeah, because yeah. Um, you know well, I, there's I a guess spot for everyone. there's a spot for everyone. Cool. That's right, and that's what I like. You know. I mean, you're very much dictated by, like, when you're a little kid, you're very much dictated by uh, your size and body shape as yeah. to which position yeah. you get pigeonholed into. But um, it, it's what I love about the game, yeah. to be honest. I think just the sport in general, too, going off a bit of a tangent, like, some people's body shapes, they can really pick, like, what sport you play or, like, what position you are. Yeah. I remember I was getting a haircut one day and I just walked in there and sat down and blah, 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 we're just chatting away. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've got a game tomorrow. And he goes, yeah, you play soccer. And I was like, <laughs> how do you know that? Like, And he's like, you, you look like a striker. And I was like, I am. Like, you know? And he goes, yeah, you just look like one of those cocky kids that sit up in front. <laughs> he goes, I bet you got bright boots too. And I was like, sure, dude. Sure, dude. <laughs> Hey, and it's funny. it's funny that too because you know uh, and and I spoke about this yesterday to someone else and that is that you know we as as athletes not only do you get pigeonholed as as what you are but you can almost see it happening from minute one mm. you know you can almost see you know uh, that kid coming through and whether it's the influence of your parents the influence of you know your 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 family and friends, um, you know, but it's definitely, it's definitely body shape leading into, you know, cause I was definitely always going to play water polo and rugby. Like there's absolutely no, yeah. cause that's what dad played. Yeah. Yeah. So no yeah. other choice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Always mm. interesting. No one played soccer in my family. I don't know how really? I picked it up. Yeah. My mom did ball dancing, which I don't class as a sport. But oh, it wow. is a sport. It's a sport. It's, like, a sport. it's a sport. Look, if we're going to call cricket, just, if we're going to call cricket a sport, we have to, we have to, uh, we have <laughs> yeah. to include ballroom dancing. Um, and then my dad, Actually, I'd, uh, he I'd choose rugby. ballroom dancing over yeah. cricket. Yeah, I choose ballroom <laughs> dancing. Maybe not ballroom. Just dancing, not ballroom. Yeah. Dancing, though, oh yeah. no, I'd I'd choose pretty much anything over, over cricket. cricket. Yeah. 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 Yep. But yeah, I don't know. My parents' dad was a rugby. Yep. Up in the Sutherland Shire. Yeah. He like played up there, yep. and then mum did dancing. So I don't know where soccer came from. But anyway. Continuing on, so the next uh, question, which I think this one, this will be a cool one. Um, what's the most overlooked part of training, in your opinion? Is recovery part of training? Recovery? Mm. I think so. Okay. Because you all can't right. train at 100% without recovery. Yeah. So I say all the time that you can't overtrain, you can only under-recover. Yeah. Um, and I say it a lot. Um, you know, and even looking at the board behind you, you know, you've written performance equals attitude, effort, training, recovery, mindset, consistency, right? Now, I I would A, agree with you, um, but B, every time I speak to people, I realise that I can get more out of them by getting to, to getting them to recover better. So I would have yeah. to say recovery. recovery. The second part, I would have to say consistent programming, right? So... I think, you know, with the onset of, of CrossFit, I think one of the biggest dramas that occurred was this, I've got to change my program every day. Yeah. You know, we can't do the same thing. Like my guys do, this, do basically the same program, give or take sets, variables, you know, maybe a couple of, of, uh, of additional exercises for six weeks. Okay. That's before the program's yeah. changed. That's good. So 
they get the opportunity to, you know, if it's, let's say it's six sets of three reps for a bench press, right? Week one will be six sets of three reps at 60 kilos. Week two will be six sets at 65, whatever it happens yeah, to yeah, be, right? Yeah. Progressive overload exists. Yeah. You know, they know it, they understand it, they get taught it, and yeah. they get buy-in. And I think that's what, like, the whole part of when you train uh, an athlete or anyone in general is, like, you need to actually educate them on why they're doing it. And then mm. they'll do it. Because if Absolutely. they're not – if they don't understand why they're doing it, they're just going to get bored Correct. and overlook it. Correct. And I treat, I treat everyone as though they were an athlete. Um, their program should be the same. Their program should have a genuine, honest approach to why. Um rather than, oh, shit, I better put this in because they haven't done that, you know. Yeah. Assess, work out their whys, and away you go. Do you reassess at the six-week yep. mark? Yep. yep. And then go again for yep. another six weeks? Yep. All your athletes? Yep. Yeah, that's good. Yep. So um, the, it, I do different people in different ways. So I used to only have one method, which was, you know, a single day, four test, you know, standardised protocol whereby – you know, they have 15 minutes to get to max weight and then they have a seven-minute recovery before the next lift. So that was they were up for an hour and a half for testing. Yeah. Okay. okay. But um, that was pretty standard for me. That's how that worked. Um, the second piece is that I do a daily test. So, and I do a lot more of this now. So if I know that I'm going to train someone three days, like especially my rugby boys, I know I've yeah. got them Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Thursday. Times a week. So what I will do is I will test uh, two two lifts on on the Monday, one lift on the Tuesday, and one lift on the Thursday. Okay, makes sense. Mm. Just in that testing in week. in that testing week, yeah. And they still do all of the others because they've still got to play on that weekend. Yeah. So of course. I can't. Yeah. Like, and if let's say they've played on the Saturday, right? So they've turned around, played on the Saturday. They then go into a month, you know, Sunday full recovery. Maybe they've had a few beers on the on the Saturday night and a pizza or a KFC. In most of my boys' yeah. cases, because <laughs> half of my team's Islanders. Yeah, my boys love a zinger so, box. I'm like, oh, oh, fire out. Does my head in? KFC. Look, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I, I I don't I don't mind it, but it's definitely not my choice if I'm gonna you know if that's gonna be the case. But the the Islander boys love it, um, and I I can't do anything to stop that one, unfortunately. No. Nah, it's um, it's definitely hard, especially when they're on the road. Like, especially my motocross boys. Like, sometimes they're you know traveling twelve hours yeah, home from for like sure. Melbourne, and it's for like sure. you know they've just ridden all day. Mm. They don't and care. they've they and they've and they've know? got to drive yeah. because there's two motorbikes and yeah, all, their, all their gear. Yeah. They're yeah. not flying. Yeah. You know, it's so just not doesn't KFC. work that way. Yeah, yep. It was my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Better than not eating at all. True, so. true. And you can still make sensible choices. This is one yeah. of the things that I keep saying to people, right? Like, you know, um, you know, I'll, I'll talk about one of my players' um, breakfast options, right? So when he was eight, his mum, because of just the way there's four brothers, yeah, four brothers and two sisters, so six kids. So they would go to McDonald's in the morning Right, because all six kids. No, 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 no. This is game day, game game day, day, Saturday. Yeah. So, and then six kids had to splinter in different directions Mm. for different sports. Yeah, okay. Right. So, what would happen is she'd buy more hotcakes, right? Which is not bad. Like, it's it's certainly not the worst option on the planet. That's for sure. But as he got bigger and bigger, and he now weighs like one hundred and twenty-one kilos, so he still 
eats hotcakes on the morning of a game, but he realises that that's probably not the best option these days. Yeah. So he still eats the hotcakes, but he's already eaten bacon and eggs at home with four wheat bix with some milk, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But that's turned into part of his ritual, you know, and he loves it. Like, you know, and when we've played where he hasn't gone past a McDonald's on the way, he's found a way to get there. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, that's but, so good. But I'm cool with that's it, right, because it's his thing. And, I mean, look, you know, he also, this preseason dropped 12% body fat. Well, this thing so, preseason. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. that's very good. Yep. Very good. All right, next uh, question. And I think we've kind of obviously touched on this a little bit because of the previous question, but sure. why do you think the average person doesn't see the benefits of a rest day but athletes understand it? Yeah, cracker. And and I guess sometimes maybe that's even not true. Um, I don't think all athletes really do understand the benefit of. But to be fair, and, and look, um, I'll, I'll – I'll tell a story and then come back to that, right? If you've read Tim Grover's Relentless, so Tim, yeah, very good book. Um, Tim Grover talks, like he, I've never seen anyone to train people as hard as he does. And, you know, for for your listeners who don't know who Tim is, uh, Michael Jordan, you know, Kobe Bryant, Bryant, Durant, uh, the best of the best ever you know, basketballers and the best of the best ever baseballers and NFL players. Um, he, in a nutshell, he talks about, you know, training the guys for like three and four hours at a time, you know, having them puke in, you know, in buckets, in buckets yeah. and then still going. Now, there's a time and a place for that, but I don't wear that as a badge of honour anymore. Um I wear it as if I can get them close to and then pull them back from, then I have not wasted the nutrition that they've put in already or whatever, whichever way you want to word it. But the reason that I'm telling that story first is that, again, this, this full send idea is, is it has a place, but doing things in that 80 to 90% bracket is so important. You know, that, that, that you know eight to nine on the RPA scale where they're really taxing all of their energy systems but they're not in a position that they're going to be completely wrecked for the next week yeah you know um and it doesn't matter what sport it is like you need to understand the balance you know the balance is that if you have one session like that a week it's probably plenty because yeah. they should be doing that in the game as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if that's a if that's a field sport athlete where you're playing once a week, you know, maybe on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, they have a pretty solid full send Yeah. to then play again on the Saturday. Yeah, on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I know. I do that with my athletes. I call them toughness sessions. And yeah, it's sure. more just to prove to themselves that they can. Correct. They can push their Correct. bodies that far. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you, if, you know, winding it back to answer the question, right, um, is that – the average person doesn't believe that their training requires recovery, recovery yeah. right? Because they go, oh, but I'm not an athlete. I'm going back to work to do another solid eight hours sitting at a desk. Well, if you treat yourself like an athlete, your progress will be much faster. 
Yeah. And I love that people think sitting at a desk is recovery. Oh my like, dear lord! That's what that's what scares me. I think that's absolute torment. Yeah, you know that that's like the worst form. Or I'm just in, sitting in the car he- for two hours. Look, that's my recovery. If, no if I die and go to hell, which let's not go like into, <laughs> let's 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 not say whether there is a heaven or hell at this stage, because that might mean that I have to have the religious discussion. But let's say there is a hell. My hell looks like an office. Yeah. And I'm wearing a suit and tie and leather <laughs> and shoes. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, inside yeah. joke. Yeah. I hate shoes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how people do it. I say that to my mum and stuff all the time. I, like, I don't know how you sit at a desk yeah. every day. Yeah. And that's it. Like, I sit there for an hour and I'm going. Well, like we, like we said, as you, as you sat down here, like, you know, ADHD since I was, or, you know, non-diagnosed until I was at uni when one of my university professors decided to let me know that he thought I was ADHD. And then my mum was like, ah, yeah, you have been your whole life. We just didn't bother diagnosing <laughs> yeah. you. You grew up on a farm. Who gives a shit? Yeah, Go run. You're not hurting anyone. That's so it. Yeah. Um, but that also means that, you know, sitting here, like we talked about before we started the podsy, you know, I'm sitting here wriggling my toes, moving my fingers, moving my shoulders, you know, and you're yeah. no different. Like we, yeah. you know, we talked about whether we're going to stand up, sit down, yeah. stand up, sit down, or do both. Yeah, probably a bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. All right. We went way off track, then, but that's all right. That's pretty Everyone typical. knows a little bit more about us. There you go. <laughs> um, I have a cool question for you. So cool. you spoke about it at the start. Obviously, yep. you have your own training course yep. um, and then your mentorship too, which yep. is I am very grateful to be a part of as well. Um, but let's go into the Cert Frame 4. So obviously – Yeah, sure. Me being a PT, I did the Cert Free and Four yep. um, back a few, like, couple, 2017, I think yep. I did my Cert Free yep. and stuff. So a few years ago now. And um, it was pretty scary actually doing it because you could just pass it almost because, like, if you're doing it online yeah. and you're only doing a couple of things face-to-face, like, it's scary how many trainers there are out there, like, that are uneducated yep. now. And we... Um, I remember someone told me the term cereal box trainers and now that makes sense <laughs> to me. Like that, yeah. I really understood that. Yeah. Um, but why did you like rewrite the cert frame for? Look, I had uh, about seven or eight years ago, um, I, was, I was having a conversation with a guy who had come out of the vision system. And by the way, at one point I was the national PT education and PT, uh, I guess, manager um, for for vision. So, you know, there are there are certain things in my life that I'm uh, grateful for. But um, I guess I guess the reason that I'm sort of bringing that up is that one of the really interesting parts about that particular course, when I like I asked this particular guy about you know what was the best and worst part of his course. And, you know, he said the best part of it was finally finishing it because it was a piece of shit. And I I went through and, and was like, how can it be this bad? Like, this is such a great industry. Yeah. And, you know, so anyway, I, I didn't think of it too much at the time. But about two months later, somebody asked if they could do their PT hours with me. And I made comment while they were doing their hours about something about um, progressive overload. And I remember him looking at me with this yeah, and this blank look just washed across his face and yeah. he turned his head to the side as if to say, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, what language is You know, yeah, what, you what's going on here, right? And I was like, huh? So that kind of started me down the path. 
Um, and then what I did from there is to start with, I, I discussed it with another mate of mine who actually owned uh, another RTO at that point in time that I'd done some work for uh, lecturing over the years. And he was like, mate, he said, that's the government, the, what you have to have as far as the government's concerned. And I said, okay, well, what if I would add more to it? And he's like, well, no one will do it then because they can do the easy option. I'm like, no, no, no. You know what? Fuck that. I can actually, A, I can make it better. B, I can convince people that they should do a course that's a better quality. And C, if you can't get through a course that's a bit better quality, you're probably not going to get through a decent PT career because the stats currently show that PTs uh, spend about 18 months in the industry before they go back and they leave the industry and go to something else Yeah, because it's too hard. Yeah, isn't it like the second highest turnover rate yeah. after hospitality? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I haven't thought that. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's pretty bad, um, and that's kind of a big part of what I did. So I added a 12-month mentorship to it as well. Yeah. Um, so that means that everyone who joins um, my RTO means that they have access to my online mentorship. Yeah, cool. Um, as well. How not, do they, not how do they face, get, like, is it all online? Is it, like, <coughs> is it, like, face-to-face? Do you work no, what? so it's all online. Yep. Um, but one of the things that I realised is that, you know, I could technically pay you to log in and do my course for me. Yeah. Well, let's make it a little bit tougher. So every single module has an assessment. That has a video. Yeah, good. Yeah. Which no other course has. Yeah, I remember when I did mine, I had to actually go to a gym for a whole day and do like yeah. in-person assessments. And I remember talking to Tommy and he said he yeah. did his at TAFE and he's like, we had to be in the gym like every day. Yeah. Like, and we Look, were to, training. Be f- to be fair, yeah. the TAFE system's probably one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, it's just long. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's like like a year for it's each. a year. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, a year for Cert 3, a year for Cert 4. Now, so is yours together like one year? No, so you could probably, look, one of the girls that did it, um, she actually took three months off work. Um, She was made redundant. Yeah. um, And that was because of COVID. Yeah. Um, And she actually, she did the whole thing in three months. Yeah, what else are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Smart. Um, Yeah. But in saying that, I tell people that each unit takes about 10 to 12 hours of work. And then two hours of filming. So let's call it 14 hours of, of work for each unit. Yeah. And there's 10 units in each Cert 3, Cert 4. Yeah, so if you did... Uh, 300 easy, hours. Yeah, I was going to say easy. You just do one module or one Correct. unit a week and Correct. you're done. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. All right. And touching on the mentorship like yep. after that. So yep. obviously I big a bit of a background. Like I'm doing the mentorship yep. program with you at the moment. I love it. Um, yep. But like what does that like entail? All right. So I guess there's there's two levels. Um, there's the personalized and then there's the group and the group stuff is online, Facebook, you know, um, and each week we go on, we talk about a whole bunch of different subjects that runs for 48 weeks of the year. I have a couple of weeks off here and there based on me needing to have a little break. Um, but also then I just let it run. Um, and the cool thing about that is because at the moment it's on Facebook, um, if like, if you join today, you can go back and access like, yeah, I did that about a hundred, 120 yeah. different weeks of videos, oh, right? I scrolled so far back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, there's nothing wrong you with it. You didn't have a beard, then you had a beard, then you didn't have a beard. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, 
it's uh but then the the face to face um i only ever take 20 people on at a time for for that and when i say face to face it's it's not always face to face it can be via zoom it can be just by a phone you know um i had uh on this morning i had two one via zoom one on the phone yeah you know and so yeah look it's that's much more personalised. Yeah, yeah, and I want to be flexible, right? Because one of the things that I realised is that people have got this, I guess, you know, win-only mentality that means that, you know, they're about, yeah, <laughs> they're about making sure that it's it's all it's all about how much money they can make as a business coach or as a, as a mentor, you know? And for me, I'm like, nah, you know what? I just want to be the coach that I wanted when I was at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. I always, I liked what you said. I said it to someone else the other day. Um, how, I think you said, like, if I'm a great trainer and, like, keep being just, just a trainer, I can only help, like, one athlete yes. at a time. Yep. But if I can train coaches to be better coaches, yeah. I can train, like, 500 athletes yep. at a time. And yep. I thought that was a really good, like, perspective to yeah. look at it in that yeah. way. Because I, I hadn't even, like, thought of it like Yeah. That. Yeah, it's 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 sort of known as the umbrella approach. Yeah. You know, you can either have the umbrella closed and you can train one person and they get that one person better or if I go out and coach coaches, you know, each of them can go out and coach yeah. however many. So yeah. Yeah, no. 100%. I, I love that. Um yeah, cuz I didn't I didn't even think of it that yeah, way, so yeah. I thought it was cool. Um I'm going to throw in a question. I know Please. yeah, um haven't being prepped. I haven't, <laughs> haven't let you know, but I always ask my guests this one cuz I think it's really cool. It's um where as humans we're always wrong at some point yep. and sometimes we don't like to admit that we're wrong but mm-hmm. obviously the more that we can do that that we're good we're going to progress and stuff but yep. i'm always interested to see like what was especially in the fitness industry mm-hmm. um what's something that you believe was maybe right at one point in time oh, that yes. now you believe is wrong all right so okay so i guess um very early in my PT career, I was working at a gym called Fitbods Burwood, which is uh, right on the train line at, uh, at Burwood near Strathfield in Sydney. And uh, it was right near my uni at the time. Um, so I was ex- I exercise sports science out at yeah. Cumberland campus um, at Lidcombe. And long story short, um, the, the leg extension machine was the root of all evil at that point in time, apparently. Uh, if you used a leg extension machine, you were going to shear your knee and you were going to do this and do all this damage and blah, blah, blah. So most gyms got rid of them. Actually got rid of them. Got rid of all leg extension machines. Wow. Yep. I, I remember I remember you could pick up a leg extension machine for like 50 bucks. Really? Yep. Wow. I would um, like one here at home. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, right? But then it went through a period where, you know, it was the only exercise for, for anyone who'd had an ACL, an MCL, a PCL, any, any knee issue, you know, that, that VMO contraction was, was what it was all about. Um, and then, you know, now you've got, you know, people who are doing things where, whereby you look at these insane, you know, knee flexion and, and knee extension and everyone's saying that's the best thing for your knee. So, look, I think everything progresses. What's new is old again. And what's old will uh, certainly be, uh, you know, new again. So it's one of those things that, you know, everything that somebody says to you right now, oh, that's so wrong or, oh, that's so right, it will go back into a different cycle at some point in time. I think what you've got to do is you've got to use – your knowledge, whether it be 
textbook, friends, family, whatever it happens to be, your own experience. (laughs) And then balance that with where does that sit with how everyone else has, I guess, you know, seen everything progress. Because as I said, if that was the case, I wouldn't know whether to use a leg extension machine or not. Yeah. And I certainly do. Yeah. I like, like, I remember that spark saying, I remember when I came to your workshop with Wade um, at Chocolate Box. And one of the one of the things that really stuck with me is like if you can justify it, yeah, you can do it. 100%. And I was like, that makes so much sense yeah. because it's like, especially as a fresh trainer or whatever, or any industry, you're fresh, you want to, you know, follow the textbook and do what's right. But then as you progress in whatever yeah. industry you are, you understand that like you can you can do yeah. certain things. Look, as and, long as you and justify it. there are there are still certain things that I don't love. You know, like it might be some of the balance stuff that certain people do, you know, like, you know, it, it might be, you know, I mean, I watched one of uh, one of the world's best surfers jumping off a box onto what's called a bongo board, which is like a, um, it's basically like a little skateboard on a, on a roller. Basically. Oh yeah, I yep. thought that was in my head. Yeah, but I don't know what that um, was. you know, and then I saw the same thing. He was using the, the a skimboard jumping yep. off a box onto landing on a foam, uh, landing on a... Uh, skimboard on the yeah, roller. Yeah, skimboard on a roller. I have seen those, and It was yeah. like, look, yeah, okay, sure. But again, is that, isn't that what you're doing in your sport? Like you're practicing it while you're doing it. If you're doing it on a hard surface like concrete... And you fall and put your hand down. Well, see it later at wrist. Like yeah. it's happening, right? Yeah. Um, so I think as long as you, you have a calculated reason that you're doing something, no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, we're going to wrap up. I've got one more question for sure. you. Um, to leave the listeners, what is maybe like one piece of advice that you would like to give anyone? It doesn't have to be a, an athlete. Sure. It can be a business mentor. It can be anyone that you think, but it's just something that you would, if that was just one bit of advice you'd give, what would it be? Be better at listening. You know, I, I think that one of the things I did really, really wrong early in my own rugby career, water polo career, whichever piece it was, or my own PT career, um, an SNC career, is thought I knew. Yeah. Just listen to someone else's opinion and see whether you can understand why they've come to that so that you've then got an opportunity to go, okay, well, look, I don't particularly agree at the moment. And always say at the moment because you never know whether you might have to come back and, you know, eat humble pie on that one. Um, And you say, I don't really agree with that at the moment, um, but I think this. This is what I think in my experience or whatever. So, yeah, just listen better. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming down and jumping on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Matt. That's okay. All right. See you guys. Never let them stop your grind. And when it's time, don't ever let them stop your shine. Why? Because you work hard to get there. When you get stuck, look up. Don't just sit there. There's haters regardless. Just do what you do. You ain't through till it's finished, man. That's what winners do.